Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Fucolino podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Torviso, and I'm very excited to start this journey. A little bit about myself I'm a student at the University of Florida pursuing a degree in sports journalism. I have watched football all my life. I am a proud supporter of Real Madrid. And I'm a big Fulham fan in the Premier League too. But I want to ensure that I will try my best not to talk um, or not to support any bias I have for these two teams. Although I may talk about them a lot because I'm going to be watching them a lot. I can assure you that I will give you 100% my honest opinion that is not only supported by stats, but also from what I've seen. I won't sugarcoat anything, and I can guarantee you all that. So, first off, a classical happened on Sunday the 19th. And congratulations to FC Barcelona on winning the 2022-23 La Liga trophy. Now, it's very disappointing. I watched the game, the whole game, and Real Madrid just, I don't know. Every time they play against Barcelona, it feels that our standard drops. We don't put as much effort into it. And we go down 2-0 in the Champions League against Liverpool at Anfield. And you could talk you could say whatever you want about that Liverpool team, how they're not playing well, or how they're not in form, or how they sit not even in a European place in the Prem. But at the end of the day, it's still Liverpool. And you scored five goals at Anfield against Liverpool or 2-0 up at home. So you get you can say all that, but we we go and we score five unanswered goals against Liverpool. And then we just put a terrible performance against Barca. We did it in the first leg of La Copa del Rey. And we did it again today, or excuse me, on Sunday. Just the team the team is just something about Barca that we just drop our standards um Barca now sit 12 points clear at the top of the table and it's just disappointing man um Barca other than La Copa that's all they have left to play for so I could understand why they you know I can understand why they're putting all this effort into it but it's it's sad that Real Madrid's not doing the same now, something, Ancelotti is going to have to change something going into the second leg of La Copa, down 1-0 against Barca. Um, we haven't scored against Barca in the last two games that we played against them. The goal that we scored this past El Clásico in La Liga, that was an own goal by Araujo. So I'm not even going to count that. That we didn't score that, they did. So we are currently Barca has outscored us 
three goals to nil in the past two games against them. Four, if you want to count that cheeky own goal. But something has to change. I mean, that first half, Vinny did excellent. Vinny did really good. That second half disappeared. Benzema was locked down all game. Just when he had the ball, he tried to make something of it, but just he couldn't do anything. Fede Valverde, El Pajarito was watching all game. He was bird watching himself all game. Didn't do anything. And every time he got the ball, it was never in a dangerous position. He never looked like a danger or a threat to that Barca side. But I do have to um I do have to acknowledge the great performance by Alejandro Balde that game. Um Alejandro Balde is the podcast first rookie watch of the series. And let me explain what rookie watch is. Rookie watch is when I talk to you about a player who I think is doing very well and someone who did very well uh, this past weekend. And I want to highlight their sports cards, uh, their sports card sales, sports card prices to kind of see if um, the sports card community is also acknowledging the fact that this player is doing really well. So before we get into the sports card aspect, I want to first give out his stats for this season. Alejandro Balde currently has seven assists this season, six for Barca and one for Spain. He's gotten an assist against Madrid, which was this past the Clásico. He's gotten one against United. He's gotten one against Betis, one against Sociedad. Two versus Elche, same game. And most recently, he's gotten an assist against Norway. So if you if you listen to those teams, right? Madrid, United, Betis, Sociedad. Those are four really good teams, right? Three of them being in La Liga, one of them being Manchester United, who ended up knocking out Barca in the Europa League. So in the big games... He has come out and he has provided the assist. And then Elche, they sit currently bottom of La Liga. But it's still impressive to see a young left back get two assists against them in just one match. And then that assist versus Norway to Dani Olmo. I personally didn't see it, unfortunately. But getting it done in the international stage, that game is now his fifth cap for the Spain national team. Not only do I think he is the future at that position, I currently think he's probably the best left back that Spain has to offer. Um, you think about left backs for Spain. Barca currently have three. Juan Balde, uh, Alba, and Marcos Alonso. Out of those three, I think Balde is the best one. Now you go and you think of all the left backs in Spain. You have Grimaldi playing at Benfica. You have Jose Gaia playing for Valencia. And then back to Balde. Out of those three, 
I still think Valde is the best one. Uh, Gaia currently is in 18th place with Valencia in a, a relegation scrap, excuse me. And I just, you know, Valde is the guy in my opinion. So if we, uh, and he also locked down Fede Valverde that game. That guy was completely lost. He didn't know what he was doing. And I have to say, that's all thanks to Valde. If we look at his recent rookie card sales, he's recently had a out of 250 Tops Museum Auto sell for $22.50. A out of 99 Neon Green Wave Refractor out of Tops Chrome 2122 uh, for $24.99. We saw his out of 99 Yellow Sapphire out of Chrome sell for 25 and then the the biggest purchase i saw was a psa 10 red out of 10 tops inception sell for 182 dollars and 50 cents with i'm pretty sure it had over 30 bids on it i think people people and the, these sales all came before his game against norway but after the el clasico right so I think people are beginning to realize that this guy is legit, right? I think in the long term, his Sapphire selling for 25, I think that's going to be a hell of a deal. And 182.50 for a PSA 10 red. Uh, but it comes from Inception. So I, I think if we saw that sale as a Chrome card, I think that probably would have been in the 250s. But it, it it's very interesting to see that people are... Are going after this kid i mean he is a talent and i think he is the future of spain in the left back position which hurts because he's a barca player but at the end of the day man he the talent's all there now i think next year he's going to be the undisputed starter whatever happens to alonso and alba we'll see but i think jordi alba when his contract ends, I don't know when that is, but when it does end, I don't think Barca is going to re-sign him. Because having three left backs of that caliber, it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, that's the the Alejandro Balde situation, and that wraps up at Clásico. But now we got to consider who the future Real Madrid coaches, and it's unfortunate because. Back then, in 2014, when we won La Decima, Ancelotti was being praised to the max. And then the next season, sacked. We didn't win the league. We didn't win Supercopa. We didn't win La Liga. We, we, we didn't win anything except, I think, I think we won the UEFA Super Cup and the Club World Cup. But, you know, that, that's a trophy we should be winning anyways. Right. I mean, as Madrid, we, we should, we, we need to win at least one trophy in Spain. And currently, we lost La Supercopa against Barca. We lost the league, unless Barca does a crazy choke. And we're 1-0 down in La Copa del Rey. And there's heavy rumors of Ancelotti going to Brazil. We recently heard Ederson come out and say that he's heard the rumors himself and he thinks it's a possibility 
and we see the relationship he has with Vinny Rodrigo, uh, Eder Militao at Madrid. And, you know, Ancelotti has yet to coach a national team. He did say that Real Madrid was probably going to be his last gig before he retires. But I think he'll give uh, Alisa Copa America a shot with Brazil. That would make sense to me. So, to replace Ancelotti, who's going to come in? Now, there's jokes about Zinedine Zidane coming back, but I think his relationship with Florentino Perez, you know, it's it's unrepairable. They had their falling out back when, after we won the three-peat, where Ancelotti decided to sell Ronaldo instead of sell, uh, sell Gareth Bale. And that upset Zidane. And that's what one of the reasons why I think he decided to leave. Then we brought him back. And he said to the media that, you know, the the relationship with Perez is fine. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation. Like, you know, Florentino Perez is going to do what Florentino Perez wants to do in the transfer market, right? He's going to sell who he wants to sell. He's not going to re-sign the players he doesn't want, like what we saw with Ramos. And, you know, he's going to do what he thinks is best for the club. And he will 100% not listen to the coach if the coach doesn't believe the same thing Perez wants. And, you know, I could get mad as a fan. The fans could get mad all they want. But Perez has been correct so far. I mean, the, the years that we struggled, that we stunk, Right, so basically, right after Zidane and Ronaldo left, right after they left, we won the Super Cup. We won the Club World Cup. Then we crumbled against Ajax, but Ajax went on to actually have a spectacular Champions League, making it to the semifinals, falling to Tottenham in the last seconds. And the next season, that season, I believe we probably didn't win anything. When we brought in Hazard, you know, I think probably the worst signing Perez has probably done in the last couple years was that Eden Hazard signing. But, I mean, that's just unluckiness with the injury that he got from his own countrymen. Real Madrid versus PSG, I don't know if you all remember that. Uh, Munier, Munier, Munier. I don't, I don't remember how you s- say his last name. Currently plays for Dortmund. The Belgium international went for a tackle on Hazard, completely missed the ball, struck Hazard's leg, and then Hazard just hasn't been able to recover that from that like three, four years since. Which is unfortunate, but that's football, right? Next man up. And Hazard obviously didn't put in the work to get back to that form. But then Zidane comes back, right? And we win La Liga. And then he leaves again. And when he left again, that that season that he came and he won La Liga with us, COVID happened. So we won La Liga during COVID. And I think a lot of people forget that we made 
the semis that year, right? So we, we made the semis two years in a row. We lost to City, and then we lost to Chelsea. So I don't, I don't think people are realizing. Like people, people could talk about oh how we fell off, blah blah blah. But we we stayed. Zidane actually helped us a lot, and so did Florentino Perez. Florentino Perez, when we were in a rebuild, everyone was, was like, oh, we're going to suck. But Florentino Perez knew exactly what he was doing. We just got unlucky facing that Ajax team, facing that City team, where we or you know, we just stunk the bed against City. And then we got unlucky against Chelsea. We couldn't get anything going. But those were those were good seasons, at least in the Champions League. So moving on from Zidane, let's go to the top two candidates I have for the Real Madrid position. Right, number one, I have Xabi Alonso, which might be a surprise to you all. But I have Xabi Alonso as my number one candidate, and then number two, the recently fired Julian Nagelsmann. Now, what just went on at Bayern is ridiculous, in my opinion. I think it's childish. But Nagelsmann was sacked reportedly due to dating a journalist. Her name is Lena Verzenberger. Uh, if you don't know, Nagelsmann started dating Verzenberger. And once they started dating, she decided to step down from covering Bayern Munich with uh, she worked for BILD Build Build she worked for them she was a journalist for them she still worked for them but she was no longer covering Bayern Munich which I understand but it's it just it just seems sketchy now now they fired Oliver Kahn came out and said that they sacked him because players were unsettled in the dressing room and i think that's false i think they just something else is going on that they're not telling us or they just didn't like the guy and they wanted tuchel but they didn't want to say that so goretzka leon goretzka has since come out and said that there was no problem in the dressing room that the players were fine with it. He understands that um, Bayern were having a slump in the league, but they were doing great in Champions League. He's eight. He was eight and eight. Bayern are eight and eight in the Champions League this season, winning twice against the supposed best two players in the world, Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi. So. He's gone, and they bring in Thomas Tuchel, which Tuchel's a great coach. He used to coach Dortmund, then I think went to Ajax, then went to Chelsea, I think, after that. And since the beginning of the season, has was sacked by Chelsea for Grand Potter, Potter, which people may not like. And then now he's with Bayern. Lena Verzenberger has since left 
build since Nagelsmann was sacked. Um, which, I mean, that doesn't do anything anymore, but whatever. Nagelsmann does play attracting football. He does play attacking football. And if Nagelsmann does come to Madrid, it would be interesting to see if Joao Cancelo follows him. Because Joao Cancelo, uh, you know, after Nagelsmann was sacked, did thank him for bringing him to the team. Because he said Nagelsmann was the one who wanted him. So I, I was extremely upset. Uh, Real Madrid didn't even try to go for a loan like Bayern did for Joao Cancelo because I think Joao would be an excellent help to the team. Uh, we're missing fullbacks. We need fullbacks. There's only so much Dani Carvajal and Lucas Vasquez can do. And Nacho playing left back. I mean, would you rather have Camavinga and Nacho playing left back or Joao Cancelo? I mean, but that's the decision the club decided to make. And... Well, it's too late now, right? So Nagelsmann would... I think Nagelsmann would be nice for Real Madrid. But, I don't know. There's rumors of him wanting to... Or Tottenham trying to get him in. Tottenham, as I just started recording this, have sacked Antonio Conte. But Conte's been looking for it. Let's be honest. Uh, His contract ended at the end of this year. And he knew he didn't want to stay. But Tottenham, that's just a completely different subject of what's going on at that club. Just something's wrong. But yeah, Nagelsmann to Madrid would be interesting. But let's go talk to my talk about my number one choice, Xavi Alonso. Xavi Alonso took the Bayer Leverkusen job October 5th of 2022. Uh, after poor form in not only the Champions League, but I also believe they were struggling in the league. Uh, Xavi Alonso uh, was recently the Real Sociedad B team coach. He started uh, on July of 2019, and he left at the end of the 2022 se- uh, 21-22 season. He left in June of 2022. Um he had, uh, Xavi Alonso had gotten the club into La Segunda División, which is the second division of Spanish football for the 21-22 season, which is an impressive feat to be able to get a B team uh, of a club into the second division without being able to really spend money. That's difficult. So he was able to do that. He unfortunately got a... Uh, he unfortunately got 20th in La Segunda División, which resulted in him being relegated and the club being relegated in La Segunda División. There's 22 teams and the bottom four, so 19th to 22, get relegated. So he was unfortunately relegated only five points behind Malaga, which was the safety spot at 18th place, which wasn't bad. But he decided to to leave on a mutual agreement um, following the relegation. So, Xavi Alonso, his recent feat, beat Nagelsmann 2-1, to one, which resulted in his sacking. Um, he also knocked out Atletico de Madrid from the Champions League in a spectacular game. That ended right at the wire. 
Um, he ended up, since he knocked them out of the Champions League, he was able to get Bayer Leverkusen to the Europa League, which was, you know, as a Madrid fan, you know, I love seeing that, right? Not only do Atletico get knocked out from the Champions League, but they also can't go and try to win that Europa League. Even though Europa League is an incredible competition this year. Um, but yeah. Great job by Xabi Alonso. Real Madrid legend from when he was playing. And already a Real Madrid legend from when he's done on the field as a coach. So yeah. Top two candidates being Xabi Alonso and Julian Nagelsmann. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Nagelsmann would be a free deal. Assuming he doesn't go to a different club. And then Xabi Alonso, I don't know how much we'd have to buy his contract out from Bayer Leverkusen for. I don't know what the compensation would be. But it would be interesting to see. And then, yeah, like I briefly touched on Zizou, Zidane. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, he was waiting for that France job. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. So... He might even pick up the Brazil job. That would be cool to see. But nah, I doubt it. I just think he's gonna he's gonna coach a club team pretty soon. Um so let's move on to the stay, let's stay in La Liga and let's actually move on to the table. So something that I don't think is being talked enough about is how competitive the bottom of the table is in La Liga. We see a team like Valencia in 18th place. And we see Sevilla in 16th place. Two teams that you would never have thought of in this relegation battle. Um, Valencia, sacking Gattuso. Um, but it's really been just poor ownership. That's really gotten them to this spot. And then Sevilla, uh, Lopetegui left. Then because of the poor the poor form of the team. Then Isco left. His contract, they terminated it. Mutually terminated it, I guess you could say, because he wanted to go too, I guess. Then they bring in this guy, Sampaoli, and he just got sacked. So, they're in a mess. But, to go away from that, it's very close at the bottom. 19th place, Almeria has 26 points. And they are only 6 points under 11th place, Mallorca, who has 32 points. So, from 11th to 19th is only a 6-point gap. Now, let's go a little higher. Osasuna and Celta Vigo... 9th place, 10th place, respectively, are tied at 34 points each. What does that mean? It's only an 8-point jump from 9th place to 19th place. And then 7th place, Athletic Club, currently has 36 points, only 10 points clear of 19th. It's incredible. There's everything to play for at the end of the season. It's ridiculous how close La Liga is. And what does that mean? Well, what I think it means is that the league is extremely 
competitive. I think it's one of the most competitive leagues in the world, and I think this shows it. I think it's more competitive than the Premier League. Now let me show you why. From 19th place to 7th place in La Liga, like I said, was only 10 points. Now, from 19th place to 7th place in the Premier League is 18 points. 19th place being Bournemouth on 24 and 7th place Brighton on 42. Now, what do I think? I think La Liga is at a similar level, right? I think teams are really evenly matched up in La Liga, which results in games being more competitive. You really don't know what's going to happen until the final whistle blows. In the Premier League, it's just complete domination. I feel that unless, you know, obviously in the Premier League, a team will come out and cause an upset, right? That'll happen in La Liga too. But I just feel like La Liga is way more competitive at that bottom, and it's much more entertaining. You watch um, you watch 19th place versus 17th place in the Premier League, nothing really crazy is going to happen. It's probably going to be a brutal game to watch. But you watch 19th place against 17th place, in La Liga, and there's everything to watch. You don't know what's going to happen. It's end-to-end, evenly matched up. It's just, I think it's much more competitive. Now, you can make the argument that, yes, La Liga might be more competitive with each other, but that's because they have worse players other than the Premier League that has these much better players, right? I mean, look at Brighton. They have World Cup winner. Alexis McAllister, wow, Athletic Club, their best player, maybe Iker Munian or Nico Williams. So I, I could understand it from that perspective, but I just feel like if you're going to watch a game and you want to watch something competitive, but you really don't know what's going to happen, I'd rather watch a bottom half of the table La Liga game than a bottom half of the table Prem game. But that's just me. Sticking in England with the Premier League, though, uh, Falaren Balogun, Arsenal loanee, he is currently living it up in League One. Um, top goal scorer with 17 or 18 goals last I checked. Um, he was called up to the England U21s for this international break, but decided to, well, due to injury, he decided to leave the squad, and he's actually been touring in the Americas. He's been vacationing here in Florida. And you know who else was in Florida for a long time? The United States men's national team. Now, according to an article on One Football, Valerian Balogun recently posted on his Instagram a caption, In life, go where you are appreciated. End quote. Now, I checked his Instagram, and it was definitely not a Instagram post. That could have been a story. This is just what I read from an article. I can't prove it, so I made sure to say that I got it from an article on One Football. But could this be 
this be Balogun saying, listen, you know, I'm balling out over here in Ligue 1 with Mbappe, with Messi, with Neymar. And you guys aren't giving me the credit I deserve. I should be called up to this England national team, which I 100% agree. Now let's talk about what Southgate said. Southgate says he gives youth a chance and won't call up a player just so he can't represent another national team. Um, he also decided to bring in Ollie Watkins and Eddie Inketia to the argument. He told them that he would need to weigh up Balogun's goals to Watkins and to Inketia's, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Ollie Watkins has nine goals in the Premier League, while Inketia only has four. Now, yes, scoring in League Un compared to the Premier League is one hundred percent different. I understand that, but you can't compare. You can't put this man's name up with Eddie Inketia, who has four goals in over twenty matches in the Premier League. That's just disrespectful, right? I mean, Ollie Watkins, nine goals, five assists. Okay, 14 goal contributions. That's cool. But if 17 to 18 league ungoals doesn't weigh up to 14 goal contributions in the Premier League, I think that's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't even know why he brought those guys' name up. Um, we know, but this isn't, this isn't, he said, Ollie Watkins, he said, Eddie and Ketia, he doesn't bring up Tammy Abraham. And this isn't new. In the World Cup, everybody was outraged that Tammy Abraham wasn't called up. Everybody was outraged that Tomori, after winning the league with Milan, wasn't called up to the English national team, but Harry Maguire was. Now, Harry Maguire decides to be Superman for the English national team and decides to play like an absolute fridge for United. But you you got to call up these guys, right? You can't... If you don't call up Abraham, but you bring up Enketia and Watkins' name over Abraham, I just think that's ridiculous. And Balogun, I think Arsenal will use him next season because I think he is a much better player than Eddie Enketia. And I think Arsenal will definitely look to have him be their second number nine. Do I say he's better than Jesus? Currently, not right now. But who knows? Next season, both of them will start out as zero goals. If Balogun shows out in training, I'm sure 100% Arteta will not hesitate to start him. And all he has to do is just bag in those goals. Hopefully by then he will be an American, a USMNT international. Interim head coach Anthony Hudson has talked to Balogun during this international break and has pushed for the switch. But there's only so much an interim manager can push on Balogun, right? Balogun's going to do what he wants to do at the end of the day. 
like I said, they were both in Florida. Yes, MNT and Balogun. Balogun was training on his own. We've seen Balogun at the Orlando Magic game. And we also saw him at a Yankees spring training game. And the photo that was released, uh, he was holding a Balogun Yankees jersey with someone wearing a USMNT, uh, the blue jersey from this past uh, World Cup. So it's pretty interesting to see. Um, I'm excited because I think right now, I mean, out of all of our number nines, I think Pepe kind of overrated. Um, Fedeira, he's not that good. Pfock, I'd like to see him in the fold because he's done well. And Haji Wright, that guy is. Ugh, I do not like Haji Wright. But, you know, only time will tell. These guys are still young, other than Pfock. Pfock is like 27, 28, 29 maybe. But all these other guys are young. Um, I think Pepe, although I think he's overrated now, I think he does have a lot of upside. So only time will tell for him. But yeah, I, I'd start Balogun over all those guys right now. So let's see what happens. And let's hope he decides to declare for the USMNT by the summer. That'd be pretty cool, right? want to wrap it up by thanking everybody for listening. Uh, this was episode one of the Futbolino podcast. Thank you all for being a part of this. And uh, I hope to see you all very soon. If you have any questions that you want me to talk about, um, please feel free to leave a comment down below if you're on YouTube um, or email me uh, at the Fupolino podcast at gmail.com. You could also hit me up on Instagram at joseph.torviso, J-O-S-E-P-H period T-O-R-V as in Victor I-S-O. Um, I will be looking on to bring people onto the podcast uh, soon. I would love to have more of a discussion podcast, but this is this is my solo. So we'll see what happens. I'd love to have interviews as their own little episode. And, you know, who know who knows what will happen? This is just the start of something of, of a journey that I'm very excited for. So thank you again. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you're on YouTube. Uh, leave a like, subscribe, and comment down below, like I said earlier. And if you uh, are on Spotify, um, share it to your friends. Thank you very much. Everyone have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you soon.